You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, the New York Mets were able to complete their sweep over the Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday, thanks to some great pitching by Max Scherzer and another home run by Mark Canna. I'll recap that game in the first segment. Second segment, I want to talk about the Mets are really primed to go on a run right now. They've been playing great baseball the last couple of weeks. And I think with this rotation in place now, the best is yet to come. So we'll go through that a little bit then. A series preview of what lies ahead this weekend as the Mets are set to take on the Toronto Blue Jays at home. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FicklesteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. This Mets team simply owns the Phillies. That's just what they've done over the last two years. They went 14-5 and against the Phillies last season, won all six series. This year, now a sweep, moves them to 17-5 and against them in their last 22 games, and they've now won seven consecutive series. Phillies just have no answer for the New York Mets. And what's interesting is you look at the way this season kind of breaks down for the Mets, and there is a chance that if that trend continues, this could really factor in to the end of the season push to potentially win the division or try to make a wild card because the Mets will play the Phillies again later this month. Then they won't play them in July. They won't play them in August. And they won't play them until the end of September. Two of their last four series, actually two of their last three, coming against the Phillies. The other two of their last four against the Marlins. So seven of the last ten against Philly. And their last 13 games all played between the Phillies and the Marlins. So just something to keep in mind when it comes to deciding an NL East race and a wild card race that could theoretically include all three of those teams. But... Getting to the game at hand, the Mets look great again, and Scherzer in particular looked great again. Seven strong innings for the second consecutive start. Only runs he allows are in the first inning, where one of them was unearned. You know, Francisco Alvarez, kind of an unforced error. You had Trey Turner, who was uh, on base from a base hit. Bryce Harper drew a walk to put runners at first and second, and this was with one out after Bryson Stott struck out to begin the game. And Trey Turner goes to steal third base. Alvarez really had no chance to get him. He ends up airmailing a throw that goes into the outfield. Turner comes around to score. That advances Bryce Harper to third base. And all of a sudden, sacrifice fly from Nick Castellanos. And the Mets are trailing 2-0 before they come up to bat. But Max Scherzer did not look phased, and that was it. It felt like, okay... Those were the two he's going to allow. Let's see him just shut the door from here on out. And that's exactly what he did. And I want to spend a little more time on Scherzer in the next segment. But it, it was utter domination. And 
He allowed the Mets to get back in the game. And ultimately, Mark Canna is the hero once again. Before that happened, the Mets get a run across in the third inning. Brandon Emma, Francisco Lindor each drew two out walks. Jeff McNeil got a knock and drove in Nemo before Pete Alonso ends up striking out to uh, you know stop what could have been a bigger rally against former Met Taiwan Walker. But that was the first run, and then they grab a lead when Mark Canna homer, Starling Marte got hit by a pitch in the fourth inning, so he was on base. And once again, you see Canna come up. He, he gets a pitch. I mean, honestly, it was a fastball that couldn't have been put in a better spot to hit, but he didn't miss it. And there's been time this year where Canna and other Mets have missed those types of pitches. He was all over it. Again, it, it couldn't have been any more tailor-made for him. 90.6 miles per hour, you know, basically right down the middle. If it wasn't down the middle, it was a little bit inside, a little bit low. Perfect place for him to you know, get a barrel on it and really launch. And, and that gives the Mets a lead and they never look back. They're able to scratch one more across um, later in that game on a sacrifice fly by Mark Vantos. That was in the sixth inning. Uh, Starling Marte playing some good team baseball. Brett Beatty led things off with a double. Marte lays down a sack bunt to advance Beatty. And with lefty on the mound, Mark Vantos got out there and you know, he took some really big hacks. Uh, it looked like he wanted to He'll put a, a couple runs on the board and really make the most of his one at bat for the day. Uh, but kind of shortened up a little bit, still drove the baseball uh, pretty deep in the center, 112.8 miles per hour off the bat on the sacrifice fly. But it did seem like a more controlled swing as opposed to the mighty, mighty hacks he took prior to that in the at bat. But a 3 2 pitch that, uh, you know, it, it could have gone the other way if there was another batter in the box with Mark Vientos able to handle it. And quite honestly, it was another pitch that uh, wasn't really a good one from the Phillies. I mean, that was a little bit high right down the middle. So, you know, the Mets maybe took advantage of some bad play by the Phillies in this series, but uh, you got to win those. And I I love what I saw from all three of the Mets starters in this series is the biggest takeaway. Kodai Sanga was unhittable. Um, Carlos Carrasco was just dependable and solid. And, you know, Max Scherzer, has the rough first inning, settles down, gives up five hits, one walk, the one earned run. Nine strikeouts, though, for Scherzer. And there you go. You win another baseball game, you sweep another series, and you're starting to develop some mojo at home. This is a three straight series the Mets have won there. So uh, this ball club now seems to be trending in the right direction. And, and Again, I can't preface this enough, and we'll we'll discuss it more in the next segment here, but when you get this level of starting pitching, it becomes so much easier to win games. Suddenly, the bullpen is not taxed as much. And even today, I mean, you know, Buck Showalter went into the season discussing you know, having you know, five guys they can trust and leverage, and now it's more like four with Diaz out. But you know, being able to go to different guys, they closed out this game with that Adam Adovino and David Robertson, who had pitched previously. They were able to go uh, to Jeff Brigham to get a big inning after uh, Scherzer and then a combination of Rayleigh and Smith to close the door when that bullpen is not taxed where you don't need Brigham to be a middle relief guy, um, you know, giving you multiple innings or, or, or just, just being put into bad situations because of the starting pitchers. You know, he's more fresh and able to contribute and leverage. And, you know, th- this, this team starts to roll when you're getting that level 
of starting pitching. Seven innings, Sanga, six from Carrasco, seven from Scherzer. There was a lot of series this season where the bullpen had to cover half of the innings in the series. In this one, they covered what? You know, three, four, seven of you know the the uh, twenty-seven innings. So, uh, really good starting pitching obviously breeds a lot of success, and that's what we're seeing. I want to discuss that more in just a minute. Before we do, though. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you're looking for tickets this weekend, Mets versus the Blue Jays, this is where you have to go. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting ready for the game. Uh, you know The Game Time guarantee means you're always going to find the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, Game Time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. The fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You'll get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, then you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you don't have to worry about digging through your email. Uh, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCK.MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, Create an account, redeem the code Lockdown MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Mets play the Toronto Blue Jays tonight at seven ten Eastern Time. Catch every pitch. The Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, this is courtesy of Mike Mayer. He is the leader over at Metsmerized and a great follow on Twitter. You can find him at Mike Mayer 22 He sends out uh, this tweet. How many times Mets starters went at least six innings in the first 43 starts of the year? Seven. How many times have Mets starters gone at least six innings in the last 14 starts? Nine. What a drastic difference. How do you think that translates when it comes to the record? Mets record through 43, they were 20 and 23. Mets record through the last 14, 10 and 4. What a difference great starting pitching makes. And as it relates to Max Scherzer in this start, the fastball had real life and was getting a lot of whiffs, which is not something we saw early in this season. This one's courtesy of Jolly Olive on Twitter. 23 whiffs on his fastball. Um, in his last two starts this year, across his first five starts this season, he had 25 whiffs on his fastball. So that shows you uh, how much better that pitch has looked, the life that he's had on it, the location in particular that he's had with the fastball, not leaving it over the heart of the plate, really dotting it wherever he wants it. And a lot of those whiffs came today, 15 uh, whiffs on the fastball in this start, 63% whiff percentage on his fastball. That's really impressive, and I love the mix today because all four of his other pitches, he threw them either 12 times or 14 times, but they were all in the same range. So he's working off the fastball half the time and then using all these other pitches and just changing looks on batters. He's in his bag, changing speeds, changing locations, just back to being the Hall of Famer that he has been. And you look at what he's done lately. Okay, He comes off. Uh, the suspension, faces the Tigers. He 
you know, gives up all those runs. And since he has a 108 ERA in his last four starts, goes five innings against the Nationals, one earned run, gets a win. Six innings, three hits, one walk, six strikeouts versus the Cleveland Guardians. The game where the Mets really blew it for him as far as the bullpen's concerned, but ultimately came back to win. Uh, so the team won, he didn't, but still a great outing. Then you go into cores where he's never won before, and he's had terrible uh, you know, numbers throughout his career. Pitched great in a series where no other Mets starter did pitch great. Seven innings, six hits, no walks, one earned run, eight strikeouts, gets the victory. Then again today, seven innings, five hits, two runs, one earned, one walk, nine Ks. So 17 strikeouts over his last two starts and has gone seven innings each of his last two starts. What does all that do for your ERA? Said it after his last start, you know, shocked to see that his ERA was sub 3-5. Now it's even getting lower. It was at 5-5-6 five, five, after that bad outing versus the Tigers. It's now down to 3-2-1. Uh, there is every, you know, uh, possibility that given a couple more starts, Max Scherzer might, you know, slim that ERA below three again, which would be, remarkable and again something if you asked me a couple weeks ago after that bout adding I would have said I don't think he's going to get there this year I think at the time I just said he'll get back to being a 3-5 ERA guy and you know I'd be happy this season but when you get this type of a run of incredible stuff very easy to turn your season around particularly this early in the year and now you look at Justin Verlander who's sitting at a 4-8 ERA 4-8-0 ERA through five starts it was through five starts that Scherzer was in that bad spot. So Verlander is a guy that can turn this around in a hurry too. And you, know, you look at his last four starts, he had two gems in there. One where he went seven, one where he went eight. He also has two starts in there where he's given up six earned. So I feel like you're going to get a better version of him moving forward. One of those starts where he gave up six was against the Tampa Bay Rays. One of those runs where he gave up six or one of those starts where he gave up six runs was against the Rockies at course. So now you get to pitch at home against the Blue Jays on Friday night against Chris Bassett. I think you're going to see a better version of Justin Verlander. Now, looking at where the Mets are in this division, they're three and a half games back right now. There's 25 games left this month. They are considering starting Kodai Senga on Sunday on a regular rest for the first time this season. He's always gotten an extra day at least. But if they want to be a five-man rotation, Singh is going to have to be able to do that. So that's going to be a big test for him. I hope that his body checks out and he's able to. And I hope he performs well. But if he does and the Mets can at this point go to and, and just keep a five-man rotation without needing any spot starters until they get Jose Quintana back, you look at the rest of this month, 25 games, that's five turns in the rotation. Can the Mets win three out of every five games? When you get this level of performance from Scherzer and hopefully Verlander soon and the way Sanga just pitched and Carrasco looking a lot better, I think three of five is very reasonable, if not even on the low end of what the Mets can do. But let's just say they do that you know, for you know, safe projectability and not getting too ahead of myself here. If you win 15 of those 25 games, you're going to have a 16 and 10 month. If the Mets were able to do that, you know, four times over to close out this season in June, July, August, and September, they're trending towards being a 95 win ball club. So it's not to say that everything is fixed and this Mets team, is going to run down the Atlanta Braves, but they're certainly looking every bit of playoff team. They've won 10 of their last 14 and things are kind of opening up for them to 
get back in a real division race with the Braves because the Braves, as I said, they're three and a half games up with the Mets. They're going into Arizona this weekend. The Diamondbacks, just like Atlanta, have a 33-23 and 23 record. They've been very good this year, and their two best pitchers, Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, are going to bookend this series. So there's every chance with Zach Gallen pitching that potential rubber match, the Braves could lose this weekend. And the Mets were to win when the Braves lose, then the Mets find a way after an off day on Monday to beat the Braves to start their week next week, and that's in Atlanta. All of a sudden, you could be looking at, you know, one and a half games back this time next week. So it's not to say that's definitely going to happen, but that's what you got to hope for as a Mets fan. This is where the season can get really interesting and this team can go on a run. And it, and I hate to sound like a broken record, um, but I'll continue to say it. It all starts and ends with that starting rotation. And uh, when you didn't have the dependable guys like Chris Bassett from last year, and you had the you know, inconsistency from Scherzer you know, being in and out of the rotation and Verlander missing the start of the year and you know Carlos Carrasco being bad then getting hurt. And, of course, the disaster that was David Peterson, it was tough for this team to get some momentum. Now you're finding that momentum at the right time leading into a big series against the Braves to start next week. But first, got to face that guy you had last year in Bassett on Friday night. I'll discuss that series and preview it lies ahead in just a minute. Before we do, though, another word from our sponsors. The New York Mets are set to face the Toronto Blue Jays 710 Eastern 10 tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now the Blue Jays started this season 18 and 10. In May, they went 11 and 17. Not great, uh, but they have won each of the last two series. And if you look at the breakdown of their season, ultimately they've just sucked against their own division. Okay. They're six and 15 against the AL East. They're 24 and 12 against everyone else. So, even though they were bad in May, that was a lot of their own division beating up on them. That was getting swept by the Orioles. That was losing series against the the, the Rays and the Yankees. I think they even got swept by the Red Sox. So it was a rough month um, in, in interdivision play. But when they faced other teams like the Braves, who they actually swept, uh, you know they were able to win games. And they just won a series against the Brewers. Before that, they beat the Twins. You look at the the top players on this team this year, Bo Bichette having an unbelievable campaign. He's certainly making the case that he's the best offensive shortstop in baseball. Matt Chapman in a contract year got off to an amazing start. It's cooled a bit um, since May, but still really good numbers. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. isn't quite the 2021 version of himself, uh, but he still has eight home runs and has you know, been fairly good at OPS over 800. And then Kevin Kiermeyer has been unbelievable, which is kind of crazy because this offseason, the big move is trading for Dalton Varsho, and, of course, they signed Springer a couple years ago. But it's been Kiermaier that's had the best year of any of their outfielders, so that's been a little bit surprising, although Springer has been a lot better over the last two weeks. He's really one of their hottest hitters, him and Bo Bichette, going into this series. Game one, again, Bassett versus Verlander. Chris Bassett has had two awful starts that have really bookended his season. His first start of the year against the Cardinals, he gave up nine. His last start out against the Twins, he gave up seven. In between, there was a nine-start stretch where 
Uh, Chris Bassett pitched to a 183 ERA and went five and two. So he is obviously capable. We saw him all of last year. I'm sure he knows these Mets hitters well, but maybe the Mets hitters who play behind him know him uh, pretty good as well. Kind of interesting the Mets would face Taiwan Walker and Chris Bassett in back-to-back days last year. They were pitching sometimes in back-to-back days uh, for the Mets. So that's a, a crazy kind of thing how that all ended up working out with, with the schedule. But it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a really good pitcher's matchup here. Uh, but I have every bit of confidence that Justin Verlander can limit a, a pretty talented Blue Jays team and the Mets can keep things rolling at home here. Now, game two, I'm less confident. Jose Barrios has actually been good this year. 3.86 ERA. Tyler McGill, 4.67 ERA. And he's allowed four earned runs in each of his last two starts. Early in the year where McGill was finding a lot of success, I was always a little apprehensive toward it, thinking that at some point the luck was going to kind of catch up to him, that all the stuff that we were seeing in expected ERAs and expected FIP and the fact that he gets hit pretty hard and walks too many batters, that it would start to catch up to him. And unfortunately, it has recently, but he's also due for a good start. So the thing that I like about Tyler McGill is he's going to compete. He's going to attack the zone as much as he can. At times, he might walk some batters, but he's not going to be scared of hitters. You know, he might not have it, but he's not going to be nibbling to the point that he gets himself in too much trouble. He's going to try to trust his stuff um, against this Blue Jays team. That could mean damage, or he could find um, himself pitching into the seventh inning of a game for once. That would be interesting. I think that you saw what he did against the Tampa Bay Rays, so he is capable. And as your fifth starter, I think the big thing for this rotation is if Carrasco can kind of step, take that step out and be the four, McGill as your five, it's a good position for him to be in because I think as a fifth starter where you're not expecting the ERA to be pretty. You're just hoping that, you know, he'll throw some strikes and he'll give you five innings when he goes out there and he'll give you a chance every once in a while. I think in that role, he's perfectly suitable. So we'll see. You know, sometimes you look at the series and you you pick one game, you think the Mets are going to lose. And if I was to, it would probably be that middle game. Yet, baseball has a way to surprise us. So we'll see what happens. Uh, in the final game, it's all going to be dependent on what happens with Kodai Sanga? Is he going to be ready to go? Or are the Mets trying to go bullpen game, a spot starter? I'd hope Sanga can just pitch, um, you know, particularly to keep that rotation kind of in order. Um, but we'll see. If, if he does, it'll be a matchup of two Japanese pitchers because Usei Kikuchi is going for the Blue Jays. He has an ERA over four, and I believe he started this season pretty hot. So I, I think he's been trending in the wrong direction, but it's a left-hander against this Mets team. I wonder how the you know lineups are going to be constructed here. Are they going to go and continue to feed Vogelback these ABs and keep Vientos on the bench? Do we have to wait until the lefties on the mound on Sunday to see Vientos? I hope not, but you really don't know here. Feels like the Mets are you know trying to give Daniel Vogelback as much run as possible ahead of an Omar Narvaez return possibly where there's every chance that that's where they make that decision. They DFA Vogelback. They give Vientos the key to DH and they have Narvaez getting some run as DH, but also obviously catching and really more importantly, having Alvarez on DH and having 
need to become your third catcher. So um, we'll, we'll see how the playing time continues to shake out. Mark Fiantos is red hot. Or not, I'm sorry, not Mark Fiantos. Mark Canna, the other Mark, red hot to close out this series. So I'd like to see the Mets continue to keep him in the lineup, even if that means that you want to get Fam out there. So you bench Marte for a game and give him a day. Uh, you know, keep Canna in the lineup uh, and see if he can keep this rolling, particularly when he's had that success hitting the two home runs at home. I like him to play all three of these games, honestly, but at least the first two of this series against Toronto little bit of home stats this year in the Mets. They're 15 and nine at city field and they are eight of their last nine. So that tells you they started the year, what seven and eight. And they've now turned the, the, the page on that entirely started with that series against the Rays, which really has been kind of a, a big turning point for this team getting on track uh, where they won that series against the best team in baseball and then their most recent two series, they swept the Guardians, and then they just swept the Phillies. Who knows? Maybe they keep that rolling against the Blue Jays. That's going to be all, though, for today's edition of Locked on Mets. For all you everydayers, as you know, Friday Night Baseball gives us something exciting. I am one to put on a podcast on Saturday, so make sure you're following, rating, and reviewing, uh, and subscribing so that you can uh, you know, catch that potential show otherwise. I'll be back on Monday. Uh, and also, of course, follow me on Twitter, Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, Locked on Mets. If you want to catch every pitch, the Mets hometown broadcast, 7, 10 Eastern tonight. Do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.